You're listening to the Bro Storm Sports Podcast. On this week's episode, we tackle some hard-hitting issues, from Tua's concussions to what we know about the NFL through week four. We also get into our best bats and backup QBs. We dropped producer Pete for the last segment, technical issues, but the entire Bro Storm crew is going to be in Kansas next week, and college game day is coming to Lawrence, Kansas, for the first time since, well, ever. So we want to know if you think we should be there next week. Give us a listen. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to Bro Storm Sports. This is the inaugural episode. It is Monday, October 3rd, and we are excited to be joining you tonight. I'm joined by my brother, Scott Bushka. He probably just got done putting a bunch of kids to bed. My name's Sasha Bushka. I definitely had three or four Crown and Cokes tonight. And we're also joined by intern P. He is uh, getting ready to hit a drop at any moment or taking a shot of Rumple Mints. We'll see which comes first. Scott, how are we doing tonight? We're doing great. I, uh, You're correct. I just put kids to bed. I've been taking care of kids all day, and our child care comes back tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, I'm pumped, pumped to be with you guys. Uh, you wouldn't believe it, but we woke up on Sunday morning, and the power was out at the Bushka household. Uh, out all day. So I had to go to my mother-in-law's to watch football all day, um, which she really appreciated me stashing my three kids over there while I just watched Red Zone for 10 straight hours. Uh, and then the power came back on. We came home. I thought it was awesome that I was going to get to watch the Chiefs. When I got home, the internet wasn't working at our house. So um, it was a, it was a little bit of a choppy NFL Sunday, um, but the Chiefs won. And yeah, pumped pumped to be talking football with you guys. Chiefs did indeed win. Uh, I managed to lose three or four hundred dollars at the new Kansas Star Sportsbook during the Chiefs game. So that was exciting stuff. Intern P, how was your weekend of football? I'm not going to lie. It was my birthday this Saturday, uh, 22. So I did not do anything productive except have a good time. Intern, Intern P, P celebrating the birthday at in a college town. Intern P, did you or did you not wake up before the end of that uh, Vikings-Saints-London game? No, I slept till about noon. Okay. I wanted to let you know that your under bet did not win. Yeah. Uh, some would say yeah. that it, some would say that it did win. It wasn't about the result. It was about the good times we had. That's a good point. And that's the kind of insight you're going to get from intern P throughout this podcast. Uh, <laughs> I'm so confused because last week it was he bet on it only because he could sleep through it. And now it's about the fun he had while losing the bet. That's a good point because if you're sleeping, there's literally no fun to be had during the bet. That was that was exactly the only analysis we got is that you wake up and the money's in your account. So I guess it <laughs> turns out you wake up and the money's not in your account. I, on the other hand, took the lover, uh, which if you type that out, it sounds like lover, but it is actually the lover. And the, the lover hit in London, 28-25 uh, Minnesota over New Orleans, Getting the NFL Sunday started off right with a good old-fashioned overbet. But uh, we've got a lot to get to in this show. Uh, we're going to talk about what we know about the NFL. Uh, we're going to give you some of our best bets again, obviously. 
as we will every week. And courtesy of our friend Fonzie Castillo, we're going to get into backup QBs a little bit, which speaking of which, that leads us into our first segment and what we want to talk about first. Maybe a little bit more of a serious issue, uh, but did you guys catch the Thursday night game? I'd caught the Thursday night game. It was it was about like every other game for me, which that I placed a bet and lost on the Thursday night game. Yeah, um, and as definitely as saw what happened with 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 Tua, which is where I, I'm guessing you're going with this. Yeah, we're gonna talk about Tua a little bit here, and uh, but that does bring me into a little bit of a point. Uh, we mentioned it last week, but if you're gonna be a consistent listener of Bro Storm Sports you will want to just learn what the term fade means. And if you can consistently pick the opposite of what we pick, you will probably make some money on this show. But nevertheless, early in the game, Tua went out with a apparent concussion, um, which he apparently had against the Bills the week before and ended up coming back into the game. But then in this game, he ends up on the field, motionless, uh, laying there for a while, ends up on the stretcher uh, and ends up going to the hospital in an ambulance. And there was a lot of talk about whether he should have been playing four days after what definitely appeared to be a concussion against the Bills, even though they brought him back. Yeah, I think... Um, I mean, it was an ugly situation all the way around. I think we start with the scene on the field. I mean, you don't you don't see it that often, but the way that his hands just froze up um you know it was it was i would say when it happened it was it was frightening um i'm glad that two is okay it seems like he's okay um all reports coming out of dolphins camp are that he flew back with the team and and it's going to be all right although that's the same thing they said after the bills game last week um so but the the situation was ugly i think the way the dolphins handled the what was you know, I would say 99% likely a concussion last week was ugly. Um, and then everything that's been happening as where, I mean, to, to me, like, I know we like to answer questions on this show. To me, the bigger question is like, does the NFL actually care about player safety? And, and I think, I think the definitive answer is no. Right. Cause to me, the biggest issue is 17 game schedule on Thursday night games. Yeah. I mean, the answer to that question is the NFL cares about player safety to the extent that if they completely ignore player safety, the game will cease to exist. So they care about it to the extent that they have to look like they care about it to help their bottom line and continue the money coming in. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've heard this from a few other people, but it's like the, the NFL has an amazing way of people just forgetting about what happens when the next Sunday rolls around. Um, and that's exactly what happened here. Shit. We talked about it on our episode that didn't get, published last week right but we talked about Tua stumbling around in the dolphins game and it was kind of a joke to everyone and everyone yeah. knew he had a concussion he comes back in and plays the second half um and then we trot him out there for thursday night peep but football and people are pumped because you got the amazon prime ads and it's like Tua versus joe burrow and everyone's pumped up and then what happens happens so um and the nfl has a has a great history of not caring about things until fans actually do. And then kind of jumping on the bandwagon. So now you're going to see them go heavy on like, you know, things I'm hearing are like two has got to sit out for six games. And, but the reality, the reality is, is like these Thursday night games are an issue and it's the 17 week season, 17 game season is probably an issue. It's all for more money. Um, and I think this is, this is like a, 
worst case scenario for the NFL in terms of high profile player gets a concussion on Sunday, you throw him back out there on Thursday, and this is the result. Yeah, it's it's interesting uh, to say the least because the Thursday night games, uh, obviously, they're a primetime slot, and the players sharing those paychecks that come from having an extra primetime game. So they can say till they're blue in the face that they don't want to play the Thursday night games, but they also don't want to take a pay cut and everything's agreed upon and collectively bargained between the NFL and the NFL players union or the NFL players association. Uh, So it's in, it's in everyone's best interest except for the safety of the players. And maybe, I mean, seven days, four days, what would have been the difference? But it's crazy that we saw Tua back out there. And you're right. When when an issue comes to the forefront, that's when that's when the NFL reacts. It seems like they're always more reactive than proactive. Uh, but they they don't really have a lot of reason to be proactive because everybody everybody kind of forgets, like you said, everybody forgets what happened for from sure. one week to the next because they're ready for the next slate of games. And and it's this monster that's rolling downhill that that can't be stopped. I mean, it, I, I would say we are all complicit as fans and people who podcast about this and people who do fantasy and people who bet and all that stuff. Two things I will call out before we move on to the next topic. One is, I don't know if you, you have heard of this guy, Chris, uh, I think you say it like Dirk's last name, like Chris Nowinski. Um, he's kind of like a, fo- a forefront on the concussion, uh, kind of like uh, PhD, yeah. um, founder of the Concussion Legacy Foundation. He he has done a ton of work on just the risk of um the risk of having a concussion within basically five days of one to the next. And it's and it's basically like if you have a concussion within a week of having your last one, it's it's prohibitively damaging. It's like it's like having five to six concussions in a row. Um and he actually tweeted out before the game on Thursday that it basically like if the Dolphins trot two out there, um, people should be sued and fired over it. And, you know, he was basically saying there's a large, there's a large risk that something bad will happen, which obviously did. Um, and the second thing I was going to say, it's, it's leaving my mind, but I think that the, the question now is how long does Tua wait until he comes back? Um, yeah. and is that his decision? Is that the Dolphins decision? Is that the NFL's decision? Uh, at this point, I think they're trying to save face, and they probably better make sure he's like, I don't know, reading Gaelic or able to do like high level calculus two math equations before they can put him back out there. Yeah, and Mike McDaniel has come out and said that he's definitely not playing next Sunday, which is probably the first smart thing Mike McDaniel said in all this. Before we wrap this up, it, is Mike McDaniel just not seem super awkward at the microphone talking about all of this? You know, I. I have been a Mike McDaniel fan up to this point. I think it like, I think he's sharp. I think he's authentic. Um, so I've been a, I've been a fan of his, but he's in this situation. He seems like a kid who got his hand caught in the cookie jar. Like, like he kind of seems like he was trying to outsmart the system. Right. After two went, went down against the bills and then something bad happened. And now he's trying to walk it back and saying things that, uh, like I heard, I heard one quote from him. I think it was the Friday morning press conference conference where they're like, what about common sense? Why did you put Tua back in the game? And he's like, do you want me to make this based on my opinion or do you want me to make it based on science? And it's like, 
actually, we want you to make it based on both. Like you can use multiple filters. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and to be fair and clear, the independent neurologist that was at that bills game has since been fired. Uh, that was announced right. earlier this week. So obviously he didn't get the best information on that one. Uh, but I'll agree with everything you just said, Scott, except, uh, Every podcast is complicit in this whole deal, except ours. <laughs> we are. Thank you. Thank you. Have another crown and Coke. Bro storm sports, hard hitting journalism. <laughs> and we're going to call it like we see it. And we see it as Mike McDaniel might've mishandled this situation a little bit. Um, I, I, I want to move off of this in a second, but I've got one more point. That's it's not the larger point. It's, it's the, it's actually the smaller point in this whole thing because the concussion issue is is the most important thing. But this is kind of a prove-it year for Tua, uh, Tua Tungavailoa. It's his third year in the league. Uh, we've seen a lot of guys get contracts after their third year. And one of the things that he had to prove is that he could survive an NFL season as at his stature and, and, and take the hits that you need to take. And I think... He's done everything to show, like, neither of those hits were exceptionally hard hits, especially the second one. He kind of gets thrown around on his spine, and he lands funny and lands like a rag doll. And if anything, he's he's showing that you better have a damn good backup quarterback if you're going to have Tua as your starting quarterback. Yeah, I agree. I don't trust him. If you, you juxtapose that, how do you like that word? Juxtapose. I love juxtapose. Um, I'll give you a ding. And and it's it's it is like probably a crime to compare him to Mahomes, but like Mahomes is completing third down plays with like defenders hang literally like hanging off him. You know, it's like I I agree he's too he has proven to be too brittle to deal with being a quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, he definitely uh, he lands awkwardly. He he's just small. He he doesn't like it's like his neck snaps back every time he lands on the ground. So. It's uh, it's something that's going to be looked at after the season, uh, to say the least. And with the weapons the Dolphins have, I think they'll be able to uh, to play decent with Teddy Bridgewater, and and that's something we're going to get to later in the show. Obviously, the way Teddy Bridgewater is going to look moving forward. So that's going to do it for this segment. Uh, on the other he's, side, he's we're going to no talk Sasha about Bush, uh, circa two thousand five. Oh yeah, yeah. He's no he's no powerhouse. Uh, he he's he's not uh, sticking in the pocket. That's for sure. But that's going to do it for this segment. We're going to uh, talk about what we know about the NFL so far on the other break. Maybe a little bit of lighter topic. We might need it after the uh, amount of drinks Pease had tonight. So on the other side, we'll talk about what we know about the NFL through week four. Look at some of the top teams and the bottom teams. Stay with us. Welcome back to Bro Storm Sports where we're covering all the hard-hitting issues in sports on a week-to-week basis. Next, I have to pose a question that we need to brostorm. Uh, and brostorming, for those of you that don't know, is like just brainstorming for sports and dudes who've had a few cocktails. Is there any good teams in the NFL? What's wrong with the Eagles? What's wrong with, what's wrong with the Chiefs? Should I, have, should I have said other than the Eagles? And I guess after last night's Sunday night performance, other than the Chiefs. Yeah, my, um, so I'll answer your question. If you were going to bet on a Super Bowl matchup right now, 
in the NFC, it feels like the Eagles. Like I don't, I don't know who is good in the NFC. Uh, I'm getting an echo now. Um, I don't know who's good in the NFC other than the Eagles. Um, that would, I, you know, so that was a good win by them. They're down by 14. Um, and I don't. Did you guys get a chance to watch that game at all? Yeah, I saw some of it. I was watching Red Zone on the noon games yesterday, and the only thing I remember is Jacksonville goes up 14 nothing, and basically every single time they went to the Eagles-Jaguars game after that, the Eagles were going in to score. I guess Trevor Lawrence fumbled four times, so that's not exciting yeah, so stuff. I, dude, I don't remember. Um, who was it? Well, I guess it was Kenny Pickett this past draft who had like eight and a half inch hands and everyone's giving him shit for what like I want to go back and review Trevor Lawrence's hand size because he so it was raining pretty hard in Philly um Hurricane Ian I believe is that is that the name of the hurricane I think so Hurricane yeah. Ian um hit, hitting the whole East coast with weather um he fumbled four times, and I would say like most of it was like no one people barely touching the ball. It's like it's like he couldn't hang on to the ball. Um, I mean, it must have been the rain, but we went from Trevor Trevor Lawrence being like you know an MVP candidate to like he can't even hang on to the ball. Um, so so I think the Eagles are good. Um, I'm going to talk about them a little bit in best bet, best bet segment. Uh, they have a good defense. They have a good offense. They can run, they can throw. They're they're good on both sides of the trenches, offensive line, defensive line. Like from what I can tell, the rest of the NFC is like the Packers are shit. The Packers almost lost to Bailey Zappi. Um, the heralded <laughs> Bailey Zappi, Zappi, third well, string quarterback for the New England Patriots. Which which we're gonna bro source a little bit later about back QBs. Bailey Zappi might be at the top of the list now. We'll get to Bailey. We'll get to Bailey. Um the Bucks got shelled by the Chiefs at home, right? Uh, the Vikings, I, mean, I don't even know why. It's not worth talking about the Vikings and Kirk Cousins when you're talking about the best team in the NFC. And, and I, like, who else do you they have? They beat Andy Dalton. They beat Andy Dalton in the Saints. They needed a double boink off the upright as time expired to beat them. Um, so, yeah. I think the Eagles are the class of the NFC. You get to the AFC. Um, the the marquee matchup was Bills Ravens, yeah. right? Um, but to me, this this it was more a story of who lost the game than who won the game in my mind. Uh, Ravens were up again twenty to three, um, and Harbaugh for probably what seems like the fifteenth time in the last year and a half makes it sketchy. Like let's go for it on fourth down call at the goal line. Um, I think it was fourth and fourth and goal at the one with whatever under two minutes yeah. to go. I can't Very remember scary. the exact time they could have kicked the field goal to go up. Instead they go for it. They don't get it. They throw a pick, which is worst case scenario. Cause instead of the bills getting it on the one yard line, they get it on the 20 um, and they lose the game. But that, that game left me uninspired for both of them. The dolphins lost to the, to the Bengals on Thursday night. And so that leaves you with the chiefs who, I mean, we talked about it last week, but I think the chief, the, that game against the Colts was an aberration, right? There was a million things that went wrong to me. Like my biggest takeaway from last week to this week, chiefs is like, how the hell did they decide that Matt Amendola was a better kicker than the dude they picked up this week? 
Because if they just had, what was that guy's name, right? Yeah, I don't have his name on the tip of my tongue. Uh, but if if the Chiefs have him playing for him last week, they beat the Colts. Yeah. Uh, coincidentally, Trevor Lawrence's hands are 10 inches, which I think you'll find if you measure from your pinky to your thumb, it'll be less than 10 inches. So don't talk trash on uh, Trevor Lawrence. But he did fumble a, four that's times. A, that's a big hand. hand. It's that's interesting. I have to comment on my manhood, Sasha. I'm just saying your hands probably aren't as big as Trevor Lawrence's. They might be bigger than Kenny Pickett's, who threw three interceptions in the Steelers Jets game. So yeah. you throw the ball to the Jets three times. It's probably not a good look for the Steelers. That that Mike Tomlin uh record of five hundred or better seasons over the course of his entire career might be in jeopardy this year. But I, I mean I agree. The Eagles, they they are good. Uh there's only uh, I, I wrote down some notes here. There's only eight teams in the NFL that are over 500 right now. Now, granted, we've played four games, so there's a lot of two and two teams. There's some one and three teams. Uh, we got teams with ties and all that. But the Eagles are the only team without a blemish. Are are the Eagles really the best team in the NFL? You know, it's possible. Like, they're playing really good defense. Uh, they've got a run game. Jalen Hurts. Uh, they've got a quarterback runner, but then Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell on the ground, and they've got two weapons on the outside and AJ Brown and Devonte Smith. If, if Jalen hurts can play quarterback, like an NFL quarterback and be competent, the Eagles are really good. Uh, and, and if you look at the other three and one teams in the NFC and you alluded to it a little bit, but the Cowboys are three and one. I don't know what we think of them, although they are three and one with a backup quarterback. Uh, the Giants are three and one. I don't think anybody is really like writing home, predicting the Giants to win the Super Bowl right now. And then the Vikings and the Packers are three and one, and they're going to battle it out for the NFC North by default because they're each going to get two games against the Bears and the Lions, and they're gonna they're gonna win some games there as a result of that. But that's how the NFC shapes up. And then you got the Dolphins. Wait, did you say the, the did you say the Vikings are three and one? They are. That's How's a real life possible? story. Uh, they beat. I, I'm not going to go through the entire Vikings record here, but they are three and one. They got that. They got the luxury of playing the Packers in week one, which for whatever reason, the Packers just have decided that they didn't want to take on the 17th game. But instead of chopping it <laughs> off at the end, they chop it off. At someone, the should of the just, year. someone should tell that Matt LaFleur to just, just practice a little bit before the season. No practice. We talking about practice. practice. Yeah. Exactly. Insert Allen Iverson. We we got to talk to Owen about that. Yeah. So just so you guys know, because I'm not going to do any editing here, but Owen is our audio guy. He might put a drop in there. He might not, but it'll be interesting to say the least. And, uh, but hey, well, in term P, do you feel threatened by, uh, Owen's like, what if Owen starts getting more references on the pod than you? I mean, he's good at what he does from what I've heard. I'm terrible at whatever he's doing, so uh, I'm cool with it. I mean, there's a reason Owen exists, and it's because intern P's lack of ability to do what Owen does. Should we we should we should should we let uh, Owen start making picks? Uh, potentially, but uh, Owen's not a speaker on the on the podcast, so he'll have to send them to us ahead of time. Real quick before we get out of this uh out of this segment, intern P. Is there any good teams in the NFL? The Bills are still good. 
they're I they're my favorite. Uh, I, they've had a tough couple weeks, but man, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, weather in Buffalo, teams are not going to like that when it comes. Yeah, that's a I, good point. the The Bills are good. The Ravens and, and Scott alluded to this, and I was I was gonna I was gonna comment on it, but then he went on for a diatribe, and I forgot. But the Ravens had a chance to kick a field goal with under four minutes to go to take a lead in a game and decided to go for it on fourth down instead. That really doesn't make any sense to me. So um, the Bills might have escaped there. And you might say, yeah, the Bills went down and they could have scored a touchdown anyways. But if the Ravens kick that field goal and put the Bills in a situation where they have to score a touchdown, then... The, they can't just run the clock down and kick a field goal with zero seconds. They might score that touchdown with two and a half minutes on the clock, and then the Ravens have a chance to come back and win the game themselves. So I, I think that's a, a real miss by John Harbaugh there. And and I was watching that in real time and said the same thing. So it's not a hindsight's 2020 situation. Yeah, for sure. I'm, uh, I was quiet because I was trying to look this up, but... Th- I don't know if you did you read anything or say anything about it? this was the Bills' first win in a one score game in yes. like four seasons uh, or something. I don't like know about I, I didn't know that, but I knew they didn't win any one score games last year. Basically, they're zero and six in one score games last year, including the playoff game against the Chiefs, and then they had eleven blowouts during the regular season, and they got blown out once by the Colts. So they, I mean, essentially. They never win one score game. So, I mean, that's a good step in the right direction for the Bills, actually, that they could manage a game late. And, and they did everything right on that last drive, right? They they started getting first downs. They even got themselves a first down inside the one so they could run the clock down and kick the field goal at the end, which was the right thing to do. Yeah, but did, did you did you see that? Did you watch the replay of that play? There was There was like... 10, 10 of the 11 guys on the Ravens were obviously intentionally letting that guy score. The, and he was it going wasn't to the score. the last play, but Stefan Diggs, who got stopped for like a second and one, and then, John, yes, or not Stefan Diggs, uh, Devin Singleton. Yes, I did yeah. see that. Yeah, yeah, and he was going to run in, and, and the Ravens wanted him to, but there was there was one dude, like an outside linebacker on the Ravens that didn't get the memo. John Harbaugh's got to send that memo out a little bit louder. Yeah, he must. He must it must have been. I don't know. He, he's not communicating via the proper social media channels. Um, but but the, what this one dude tackles him before he gets the first down, and that's game over. Yeah, uh, big mistake by that guy. Uh, hopefully, he's an established player, so he doesn't get cut this week. It happens sometimes in the NFL. Kicker misses a kick, he gets cut. But. Uh, Coincidentally, uh, there's we we mentioned the teams that are at the three and one or four and zero mark, uh, and the NFL's really jumbled up right now. There's a lot of two and two teams, but the bad teams there are no own four teams. Uh, the Texans are o three and one, so they're the only winless team. And then the Pats, Steelers, Raiders, Commanders, Lions, Panthers, and Saints are all one and three. Some of those teams we thought were going to be good, uh, especially. Potentially the Raiders, the Steelers, and the Pat Patriots. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see as the season progresses if any of those teams dig themselves out of a hole. But 
as expected, every game in the NFL is a one-score game. So why wouldn't the records all be pretty jumbled up at this point in the season as well? Uh, other than the Chiefs-Bucks game last night, every single game this week that was played was at one score at some point in the fourth quarter. So uh, interesting stuff to say the least, but uh, that 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 probably boded well for taking the points and some bets. So on the other side of the break, we'll talk about some best bets for next week and maybe recap a little bit about what we picked last week, even though you didn't get to hear that pod. Uh, but that's what we know about the NFL through week four. On the other side, we'll talk best bets. Welcome back into Bro Storm Sports. Coincidentally, I went to the restroom during the break and my wife caught me talking to myself. Typical stuff. But before we get to best bets, Scott has some hard-hitting news for us. Speaking of restrooms. Uh, I wouldn't call it hard-hitting news. I also, um, during that break, when we make time for all of our sponsorships that we don't have, um, I, I had to, I had to go to the restroom, um, forward thinking Scott, but yeah. And it, and it made me think it made me, think, <laughs> I'm just being honest with the listeners. They're you, supportive. Uh, hey, transparency is our middle name here at bro storm sports. Um, no one thing. So we talked about takeaways from the NFL this week. I, I and we're going to get into your bet from last week, but one thing I, I felt like it was important to hit on that we didn't hit on was um, DK Metcalf's restroom break in the Seahawks Lions game, which was probably the most riveting offensive back and forth game of the weekend. Um, and I don't know if you saw this, but DK got taken off on the cart um, mid somewhere midway through the fourth quarter. Everyone thought he was injured. Turns out he just needed to take a dump. Um, and it, and it seems as though Ford field is pretty big. These NFL stadiums can get pretty big. He had to, uh, he had to go number two and instead of walking all the way through the stadium, he had the cart take him, um, which to me feels like a competitive advantage for the Seahawks and how they're treating their players in terms of restroom breaks in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, seemed like it helped him. I think he had 10 catches for 149 yards. He's on my fantasy team. Um, so good on DK Metcalf. Couple of things on that. He didn't want to bird dog it, which is understandable. He came out and said that. And then also, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he wasn't the only one, but Robert Griffin the third came out on Twitter like as soon as he saw him on the cart and was like, Prayers up, it's a tough game out there. And turns out all he had to do was poop. So we got we got we got the guys coming out in full force telling us about how tough the game is. Obviously, we talked about some more serious things earlier, but sometimes it's not all what it seems. He 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 wasn't injured. He just uh he came out, he tweeted after the game. He he didn't think he could make it duck walking to the bathroom. So good good on him to use his resources, get the cart to the bathroom and come back and make a few more catches so yeah another another uh by the way another super insightful comment from robert griffin the third um thank you seems it's it's in line with the other things he does for us like racing birds before the game things of that nature 
Yeah, hard-hitting journalism coming from that guy. Uh, I, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. But let's shift gears a little bit. Let's get into the, what this segment's designed for. Uh, best bets. We'll talk a little bit about some of the picks we made last week just because we made them. I think them. we got to keep score, man. We we do want to keep score. Um, the only thing I really remember about last week is that I said I told you that the Seahawks would cover against the Lions. And my reasoning was, and that was a win. I'll give myself a W there. Uh, my reasoning was is that they're getting six points, and they did. They ended up only getting three points, so it looked like a better and better pick as the week went along because that line kept going down and down. But at the time we talked last week, they were getting six points, and the Lions, like, they're making games close. They're staying in them. They're playing hard, but they never actually win the game. And so if you give me six points on the team they're playing, I just felt like it was it was a good bet. Now, did I think the Seahawks could lay 48 points on anyone? Probably not, but that's the way it turned out. Dude, but that, um, I feel like you were underplaying your, your uh, prophecy here. Cause you, so you had the Seahawks to cover when it was still at six. And then you also parlayed that, which I was laughing at you. You parlayed that and took the over. And that game, like I was, I was watching that game playing out, being like, "Holy shit, Sasha actually knows more than the dumbass that he sounds like." Well, it's better uh, logic than the lunder. Oh, the guys are going to have to get up early. They're not going to be able to score points. Yeah, yeah, but that I mean that played out exactly the way you called it, which is yeah, the Lions either get behind big and have to come back and somehow can score a lot of points, even though Jared Goff sucks. Um, or they get up big and let the other team come back. So you nailed it. Um, I, on the other hand, so you're, let's call you two and O for the season. Yeah. Well, is that fair? Just real quick before you tell us about how bad you sucked last week, P feel free to defend yourself at any moment. I just made fun of the lunder. I have nothing to say. It was a terrible bet. It had no, I, I just like saying Lunder, dude. It's cool. I mean, honestly, like the Lunder. I mean, other than that, I had no other, no other reason. Do you right. think? I mean, we. I, I feel like we missed out on this in the trailer. But do you think TikToking with women in the middle of the episode hurts your ability to make good picks? Well, I really don't. You just showed your age really there, don't. Scott, because he was snapping, not TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Got a I point. thought he was TikToking. You don't TikTok with women. You you yeah. you Owen, cut TikTok this part out to the masses. You snap women. Owen, mm-hmm. cut the Owen, cut this part out, please. No, no, no don't do that. No, no there'll of be the none of that. This is live no. radio. Anyways, um, Scott, what did you pick last week? Well, so let me tell you what I I made two formal picks. I'll tell you what I talked about. Short answer is none of. I think I said four things. None of them were even close to correct. Um, my, my pick was, uh, Panthers minus one and a half against the Cardinals because I think the Cardinals suck. I think the Cardinals beat them by 16. Um, the Cardinals, I still believe the Cardinals suck. I'll talk about it in a little bit, but apparent, but like, I don't know, betting on Baker Mayfield and Matt rule is stupid. Um, so that, that pick own one. Um, I also talked about an underdog parlay. With the Dolphins covering against the Bengals, did not happen. Um, and 
the second one that I talked about was the Rams covering it against the 49ers did not happen. So 0-2 there, or 0-3, however you want to call it. And then I decided to give a bonus pick at the end, and I said the Chiefs offense probably is not that good. The Bucks defense is really good. Take the under 47.5 points. Um, and I'm pretty sure that game was over by like midway through the second quarter. So um, yeah. it was a really bad showing for me. Um, I think you're like, shit, listen to this show and just do the opposite of whatever I say. And I think you'll make a ton of money. Yeah. You got to fade Scott. Coincidentally, I didn't take my own advice there. I placed a little wager on the Carolina Panthers. And regretfully, I'm also in a super flex league where you play two quarterbacks every week and literally every quarterback is is taken in the fantasy league. And I also had Trey Lance, who ended up getting hurt. So Baker Mayfield had some fantasy impact for me this week as well. So You started Baker no, Mayfield. No, I had to. It's a two-quarterback league. It's a two-quarterback league. Here's my quarterbacks. Kobe Brissett and Baker Mayfield. I put all my eggs in the Trey Lance basket and uh, going, going heavy on the corpse. That is the Cleveland Browns credibility down the. Yeah. I mean, it'd be nice if I had Deshaun Watson to, to at least go after week 11, but I don't. So part of life, I guess. What did, what, what stupid Dude, things did Pearson say last week besides the London? No, go ahead. Scott. Can, can I just, before we, I mean, it's a good transition into intern P before, like just while we're on fantasy for the, for the listeners here, we have a, we have a, a family fantasy league, um, 12 people. It includes such powerhouses as my wife who didn't even know there was games this week. Um, Sasha, your wife who coincidentally is intern P's mother. Um, it includes, that is a strong coincidence. Our, our our brother it includes our brother Seth's son, his daughter. Point is, this is not, it's not a this is not a stacked fantasy league. And intern P is like dead last in the cellar, not even close. Can you can you please speak okay, to yes, what happened? I would, with your I would love team? to. I know no one actually cares about the fantasy team, but Keenan Allen dud, Kamara dud, Eckler just had one good week finally. But other than that, that's my whole team is Keenan Allen, Kamara, and freaking Austin Eckler. Like, what am I supposed to do there? It looks good on paper, but it's not. It's rough. Get me riled up. B. You get me riled up. All right. Yeah. I, I did lose to my mom, though. It, it, I did lose to my mom. <laughs> Which is never good. Because I don't think she's watched a single snap this year, so feels good. The only thing intern P's mom knows about fantasy is that occasionally people who play it do something called roster baiting. <laughs> Get it? P. All right. Did, All right. Intern P's right. picks. Well, how'd did, your pick do last week? It was the Lunder. I don't want to talk about it. Did but you have anything I else? did take, I took KU money line. Huge. 50 bucks. It's a lot for me. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't have that much money. We're not talking a lot of college uh, football, but I can't believe KU didn't get any votes for number one this week. I I voted for him number one. I, I don't I don't have a vote, but all right, run us down I mean, some look, of your I'm, picks I'm, for this week, P. We'll let you go first. 
Yeah. And um, hey, just just for the listening public, so by my watch, Sasha two and zero, Scott zero and two, intern P zero and one. We'll mm-hmm. keep a running tally. I think we have to each have at least. Mm-hmm. We'll the let the operation we'll guy out. keep that tally yeah, we'll for us. Out. Scott's the only one here who has a pen and paper. That's not true. I got a whole note. I got notes. Once again, Owen is recording this. <laughs> um, okay, think, so I think interns P's documenting on Snapchat. No, anyways, okay. So I like uh, I like the Steelers at the Bills. They're plus fourteen right now. I think that's just a lot of points for an NFL team. Uh, Kenny Pickett might play well this week. I don't know for sure, but fourteen points is I think it's too many points. So, so then, you got the you got the Steelers covering. Yep. For at the time of this recording, it's fourteen. So I feel like it's going to go down a bit, but fourteen is my pick. Even and with Kenny Pickett's tiny little hands, you're going to go with that. <laughs> hey, I don't have the biggest hands. I have faith. I have so much faith in him. All right. Did you watch Kenny Pickett play this week? You know he threw three interceptions in a half. Yeah. Yeah. I have Deontay Johnson in one of my team, in one of my leagues too. So that hurt so full disclosure on my radio show i accidentally said kenny pickett almost led the steelers to a win uh and they should go forward with him not realizing that he had thrown three interceptions this week until after i went back and watched the highlights i mean i do i do think the steelers should move forward with kenny pickett but only because mitch trubisky is equally as bad um he had a but, seven okay. QBR this week. Go ahead, P. Yeah. All right. So I'm so on the Steelers, train. Steelers of, covering 14. Yep. I like that. Bills I'm on the train of. <laughs> that's true. Uh, I'm on the train of quarterbacks bouncing back. And I like Jacksonville, tennis, or the Texans over. It's at 44 and a half right now. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to bounce back. Both these defense are not the best, to say the least. And. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a day. That's, that's all I have to say. Ten inch hands. I yeah, exactly. I I don't hate that pick. Uh, the Texans are kind of in that Lions mold where where they like to get way down and then score some points late. So if Jacksonville can get a big lead, the Texans might stage a a little bit of garbage time comeback. I don't hate that over. Thank you, Sasha. It's very kind of you to say. Yeah, you're welcome. That'll be the last, the last nice thing we say to Intern P today. That's all right. Intern P, you know, I know you have like ten picks planned. You told us in the break. This is pretty much your segment to shine. But we're gonna cut you off right there because we're running low on time. Scott, you got any picks this week? I got a couple picks. Um, I so. First of all, I like intern P's overpick. Uh, so, couple, as already discussed, none of my bets were good last week. I've been bad for four weeks straight. Um, I did a lot of reading this past week, and the under some something like sixty percent of the games in the NFL for the first three weeks had gone under. Um, so I played on that heavily this weekend, and I think. Uh, of the 15 games or of the 16 games, I think 10 of them went over this week. 
Um, so of course we had a three week trend of games going under and then everything went over this week. Um, so it's almost like maybe the, it was, it's almost like those guys in Vegas adjust to the trends in the league. <laughs> Shut up, Sasha. Um, yeah, no, it almost, it almost is. It almost is like they've got stats people that are smarter than me. Um, yeah, so I, in looking at the game, my, my first takeaway, by the way, last week I said there was a bunch of good games. I don't see very, very many good games at all this week if I'm just looking at the schedule. Um, there's three that jumped off of me. The one I'm going to talk about is Chargers at Browns. Chargers are favored by three. Um, and I'm going to take the Browns to cover three at home. And the reasoning is this. Um, the Chargers run the ball better than anyone in the league. Nip, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, uh, they average 183 yards on the game, which is second in the league. Um, the Chargers' defense is generally built to stop the pass and let people run on them. Um, now, granted, they're, they, are, they have done it a little bit better this year in terms of stopping the run. But they're still middle of the pack. I think they're 15th in terms of rushing yards per game. They give up 110, 110 yards per game. Um, they could have lost that game to the Texans this weekend, largely because they let Damian Pierce, who's a rookie, run for 131 yards. So I think the Browns at home just run the ball down the Chargers' throat. Um, I don't trust Brandon Staley in a close game. Um, I, I have learned enough times already this early in the season that it's risky to bet against teams playing at home. And so I'm going to take the Browns to cover three. Yeah. Betting on Jacoby Brissett. What could go wrong? <laughs> uh, you got anything else? The other, yeah. The other one I'm going to give you since we're both making two, you can call it a own bet, call it a parlay. You can choose to parlay these two. Um, Eagles at Cardinals. Eagles minus five, I think, at latest I had seen. Uh, I still can. I bet against the Cardinals last week. I said I thought they were the worst team in the league, and I thought that Cliff Kingsbury was going to get. Like, I, do you? If you guys watch the Cardinals play, it's like pandemonium the entire time. Like they are the only team in the league that can have a first and goal from the five, get three or four penalties. And before the before like the down the three downs even start, it's like first and goal from the twenty six. Um, they're like, and you've got Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray just yelling at each other into the headset, and their entire offense is Kyler Murray running away from his parents in the backyard. Um, I like I just don't trust that team, and I and as we discussed earlier, I think the Eagles are good. Um. The Eagles are super athletic on defense. They've got a good D-line. I think they contain Kyler Murray. Um, and I don't think the the Cardinals um, offense can stop. So if you go back to the Cardinals-Chiefs game, Kelsey had a huge game. I think Dallas Goddard has a big game for the Eagles, and I think they cover five. Yeah, five's, five's not a lot for the team that we just said is maybe the best team in the league. And we... We're pretty sure the Cardinals were the worst team in the league going into last week. Now that they beat the Panthers, right. I don't know how much that changes. So, right. I guess the, I'll give the, you guys uh, a couple. Other, go ahead. Well, never mind. This is probably where you're going, so I'll shut up. I'll say it at the end. If it I guess I'll give you guys a couple of picks to finish out this segment. 
Remember the word fade. The Jets are horrible, right? Even though they beat the Steelers last week, they literally beat a backup Zach, rookie. Zach Wilson, baby. Yeah. Sleeping with his mom's friends, getting W's in the NFL. Yeah, Coyote Ugly. That's a the, movie. I've seen that one. Hmm. Zach Wilson's favorite movie. Um, I don't know why. I, I've actually never seen it. Uh, but I, I feel like the Jets got to win over the Steelers who put in a rookie eight and a half inch hand backup QB who's who threw him three interceptions and they still had to Brees haul it into the end zone who coincidentally is on my fantasy team in my league of record um, to get it's the win with way. eight seconds to go. So I was happy about that, even though I bet on the Steelers. Uh, it's one of those weird like, do I root for my bet or root for my fantasy team situations? But they're playing the Dolphins this week. Teddy Two Gloves will be starting. Um, the Dolphins <laughs> open at minus three. And Teddy Bridgewater and the Dolphins, they, they still have Jalen Waddell. They still have Tyreek Hill. Uh, they've looked good every week this year uh, until they lost to Cincinnati this past week. I don't think they're that much worse with Bridgewater playing than Tua, which we'll get into a little bit in our backup QB watch in the next segment. Also, little known stat, Teddy Bridgewater has covered 66% of the games that he started in his NFL career. So I'll go with the Dolphins minus three over the Jets next week. I like that a lot. Why are they they only minus three? That's like... I kind of want to take the Jets just because I like, think the yeah, line is too a trap funky. Line. It's a it's a it's funky line in theory. Yeah, I it's a real thing. It I mean, honestly people don't people don't trust Teddy Two Gloves. I like that by the way, Sasha. You should probably file a trademark for that as soon as we get off. I'm, this call. I'm not the first person who said it. And then the interesting thing that I, that I thought about as you were talking about that is could this be the first ever NFL game where? There's a total of four a hundred percent hand coverage of glove by the quarterbacks. Like two on Teddy, two on Pickett. Let's get Elias. Oh on wait, that. sorry, wait. not on. They're, they're playing the Jets, Shit. but Zach Wilson might wear yeah. gloves just to honor Teddy on the other side. I, I I thought for sure that Zach Wilson was a glove wearer when you said that, but then I just realized <laughs> no. that he thought Kenny no, Pickett was the quarterback not. for the Jets. I just got so excited about all of the hand conversation, the small hand conversation, and Teddy Two Gloves. For some reason, I thought it was we were talking Pickett versus Teddy Two Gloves. Yeah, Pickett probably wears size medium gloves, but we'll leave that alone. <laughs> Doesn't even count as two whole gloves. Zach Wilson does. Are we gonna are we gonna dude? at Kenny Pickett after this podcast? We might see how have he feels to. about. Okay, intern P, you're on that. Intern P. Yeah, I'll, I'll make hit, it happen. I'll hit him up real That's quick. That's our social media we're, intern Pearson. We're first name basis. Turn again. My second pick is Patriots Lions. Now, I said last week that you can't bet on the Lions because they line. always lose. But if you get points, they can still lose and win. They'll probably lose by one point. The Lions are plus three against the Patriots, who. Maybe starting Bailey Zappi on a full week of preparation to like actually look at him. Now, the Dan Campbell and the fighting, biting the kneecap guys might a full week of preparation might not help him. 
But I'm going to go with the Lions plus three against the Patriots because they've been close in every game. Even the Eagles, they only lost by three, even though they had to have a wild comeback to get it. They were down big against the Seahawks, had a wild comeback, lost by three. Uh, The Patriots offense might not have the capability to get up 21 points on them in this game like everybody else in the league has. Uh, So I like the Lions in the second half to score some points, cover the plus three, um, and uh, I'll go with the Lions plus three against the Patriots. I've had good success picking Lions games, whether I pick for them or against them, so I'll stick with that trend. Intern P, would you say that your man crush on Dan Campbell is more or less after failing to beat the Seahawks at home? I'm riding with Dan Campbell still. Sasha, that's Sasha. I well, I don't. I I don't. I have no idea what to feel about that pick or that line because, like, how do you bet on Bailey Zappi? Um, I just don't know. I I actually thought that you were gonna take like ride the other half of your like the Seahawks plus six against the Saints. I feel like is the exact same logic that you followed Seahawks Lions last week, which is like the Saints suck. Yeah. The Seahawks kind of suck, but don't suck that bad. Like, how do you give them six? I was looking at that one as well. I I actually thought that's where you were going to go. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to follow the same logic two weeks in a row. That would be too logical. So that's our best bet segment. People. Uh, it's good stuff. My computer's about to die, so we're going to take a break, and I'm going to find a charger. On the other side of the break, we've got some bro-sourced content. We're going to talk about uh, backup QBs in the NFL. Stay with us in this fake commercial break. Bro source. Welcome back into BroStorm Sports. We've been covering all the hard-hitting news in the sports world uh, for this week. And we're going to get to something fun here in this last segment. We dropped intern P uh, because who needs them in this last segment? We're going to talk a little bit about backup QBs. This was bro sourced by our buddy Fonzie Castillo out in the Bay Area. And what better to talk about? They're easy to make fun of. We've so far had nine backup QBs appear in NFL games this year. Teddy Bridgewater, Cooper Rush, Jimmy Garoppolo, Brian Hoyer, and Bailey Zappi of the New England Patriots, Andy Dalton of the Saints, Joe Flacco, Kenny Pickett, and last but not least, yes, he is still a backup, Jacoby Brissett of the Browns. Scott, out of all those guys, has has anybody done anything good this year so far? Yeah, maybe just before we get into that, well, two things. Um, One, I just like quick shout out to our listening public. Um, We do need sponsors just to buy Sasha a computer charger. Um, so that's yeah, I'm on intern piece computer right now, to be clear. Uh, that's why we dropped him for this last segment. Um, but the other, the other shout out you already called him out is to Fonzie, Fonzie Castillo, friend of the program. Um, Fonzie is actually a huge dolphins fan. I have no idea why I've been making fun of him for it for years. And this is the first year where he's actually like, Oh, we have a good team. Um, but but the the backup QB segment is is sponsored by Fonzie, who's a huge Dolphins fan. Which is, I don't know if it's like tragically sad or or appropriate. Should I send Fonzie my Venmo handle? 
since he's <laughs> sponsoring this segment. I think you should. I think that Fonzie would be more than happy for the mentions he's getting in this podcast. I think he'd be more than happy to fund a computer charger for you. Yeah, we're building his brand. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, uh, yeah, we'll Venmo him after this. Um, okay. Your question was who's performed well. I did. I took my own creative license here and did a little bit of backup QB tiers. Uh, and my my tiers are this guy might actually be better than the starter. Tier one. Tier two is um, <clears throat> the guy's fine. He's serviceable, but he's probably going to never win that many games. Um, and tier three is holy shit, he's got small hands and we really um, probably should just give up on the season for lack of a better term. Um, so tier one, I've got, I've got Cooper Rush, Jimmy Garoppolo, and I'm very hesitantly going to throw Jacoby Brissett in, in, into this Whoa. tier. You we, think those three guys might be better than their starters? Well, let's go through them. Cooper Rush is 3-0. and um, the offense has looked pretty efficient since he took over for Dak. Dak looked terrible against the Buccaneers. I get the Buccaneers have a bad defense, but if you want to see what a good quarterback against the Buccaneers defense looked like, see Chiefs Sunday night game last night. Um, my take on the, the Cowboys and Cooper Rush is he stays within the offense, which is something that um, Dak has kind of forgotten how to do. And so they're, you know, it's... Uh, I'm not. I'm not breaking any news here. Jerry Jones said it, so um, yeah, I've got him in that. My second one's Jimmy Garoppolo, which I like. For the record, I am not saying Jimmy Garoppolo is good, um, but I do yeah. think he's. I do think the Niners have a better chance without Trey Lance or or with him versus Trey Lance. Yeah, that's that's more of a clear cut one than the other two. Um, and then Jacoby Brissett, I'm. Look, I guarantee I'm going to like someone is going to make fun of me for this in four to six weeks. Um, but my take on it is like the Browns are a really good running team with Jacoby. He like he will let them run the ball and then he's got a connection with Amari Cooper. So let Amari go for 100 yards a game and call it a day. So that's my that's my tier one. I'll agree with you in this sense on Jacoby. Deshaun Watson might be garbage this year when he comes back. Because he hasn't played in two entire years. And he's just going to come back week 13 and we're going to expect the Browns to be good. And I've talked about this on my radio show. But if the Browns are 7-4, and four, when it's time for Deshaun to come back, do you pull the plug on Jacoby Brissett? It's at least a question. Yeah, for sure. Um, Let's go to Tier 2. All right. Tier 2... Uh, I think, I mean, this was not science here, but I think I titled this. Um, they're going to win you. Like they can maybe win a game or two, but you're not, you're never going to make the playoffs. Um, yeah, I, I view this as your standard backup quarterback. Um, I've got Teddy Bridgewater, Andy Dalton, Tyrod Taylor, and Joe Flacco. Uh, we maybe should have called this group. The, Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod Taylor, add him to your list. Um, we maybe should have called this the if your team doctor accidentally stabs him in the abdomen and puts him out for the season, do you really care that much group since Tyrod Taylor's in it? Yeah, um, it, that worked out well for the Chargers. So maybe yeah. some more team doctors should be stabbing 
lungs, I think is what it was, not the abdomen. I know. I'm not even sure this group is worth talking about. It's like, whatever. Yeah. They're, 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 they're the quintessential backup quarterbacks, right? Like, you you want a guy that can come in for a couple of games, win you games, but you don't want them starting the whole season. That's why they're backup QBs. That's why they're not starters in the first place. And once the league gets a couple of weeks on them, they'll start losing games. So you just hope your your starter has a minor in injury and not a season-ending injury. Right, totally. And I think I think Teddy Bridgewater is like the poster child of this group. Um, I I thought when I don't, if you watched the Thursday night game, I thought it was the the classic Teddy Bridgewater performance where it's like if he comes in as a backup and the team has not game plan against him the entire week, like he's, he can make some good throws. He's going to be serviceable. He makes reasonable decisions. Um, but you give him a couple weeks, I guarantee you the dolphins are not going to be winning a ton of games with Teddy Bridgewater as their quarterback. Probably true. Although he did go five and zero with the saints in that little stint, but that's kind of like the, the longest you want him starting is those five games. And I, I don't know how much worse he is than Tua, but there's questions around the league as to whether Tua is a starting quarterback either. So yeah. I don't know how much that says about him. I mean, it's an interest. It's, it's interesting. An interesting question to ask is were the Broncos better last year or this year? And what I'm essentially asking is, is Teddy Bridgewater or Russell Wilson a better quarterback? Yeah, Russell Wilson's better. Okay. I didn't know this was... I thought this was backup QB watch, not shit on Russell Wilson's career watch. <laughs> well, he's making it pretty easy to shit on. Like, they, they're, they don't look any better with Russell Wilson than Teddy Bridgewater. Let's just say that. That's like, true. I, like, I feel like Russell Wilson could very easily be in the tier two of backup quarterbacks. But that's neither here nor there. That's not the segment. You're right. Yeah. Let's get your third tier and let's get out of here for the night. Yeah, 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 yeah. You think people are getting tired? No. I mean, they're the getting tired, tired of us shit on these microphones. Um, my tier three, I don't even have a good name for it, but it's, and it's not, this is not even, it's not even fair because we don't know yet, except for the fact that Kenny Pickett threw three interceptions and a half, but it's, it's really the like, oh shit, what are we going to do with our season group? Which is Brian Hoyer, Bailey Zappi, and Kenny Pickett. Brian Hoyer really deserves a pass, because but he lasted all of like half a quarter yesterday. So you're really talking about Kenny Pickett and Bailey Zappi. Not super fair. They are both rookies. I'm sure they're going to get better. We've already covered Kenny Pickett's hand size. I'm sure his heart is bigger than his hands. Um and I'm sure Mike Tomlin's going to like that, but I just I don't know the science behind that, but I, probably I do not know. Maybe you should check with uh, Chris Nowitzki, CEO of the Concussion Foundation. He might know. Yeah, wow. could be interesting. The real question that everyone's asking themselves is, what happens when Teddy Bridgewater gets hurt and Skylar Thompson, Kansas State Wildcat extraordinaire, takes the field? He is the present of the Dolphins, not the future. I I don't know that much about Skylar Thompson, except for I know that K-State wasn't that good any of the last three or four years. So um, if you're asking me if I think Skylar Thompson can go beat the Bills, I'm not fully confident. 
That's fair. That's fair. As as has been a lot of your commentary on today's episode, Scott. I think now that we're talking about Skylar Thompson and K-State quarterbacking, it's time to put a bow on this thing. We had a good time. Check us out everywhere on social media, anywhere podcasts are found. Thanks for giving us a chance. Thanks for staying till the end. This has been Bro Storm Sports. We're going to catch you next time. Catch us every week on Tuesday mornings, wherever podcasts are found, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>